Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where Catholic truth is served fresh daily. We've made you a reservation in the luxurious corner booth, so come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzezemski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff Sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, and sitting here, we got the band back together. We Whoop. got, yep, we got, uh, we got Ziggy uh, Rodriguez. That's me, and we have uh, Thomas Patrick Dorian, also known as Venerable Tom. Yes, sir. And I'm so, I'm so glad. Uh, and you know what, Tom? I'm going to tell people uh, uh, during this show, you might hear some crunching sounds from Tom. <laughs> I can't resist. I'm sorry <laughs> because it is that time of year, and I'd like. I don't know when it starts to get a little fall in the air. You know, uh, I think got down to the like the low nineties in Memphis. <laughs> we need to we need to convince the cafe to make this a permanent so appetizer, I, I not made, just a seasonal. Appetizer. I made a batch of Chex Mix, and you know, again, I people when you say that, people are like, "So what? I've had Chex Mix. Oh, it's it's like, amazing! Yeah. Like, it, it really, honestly, should be outlawed yeah. as a controlled substance. You literally, yeah. you literally cannot stop. Yeah. Once you well, start, you cannot stop. Yeah, I know, I know. And you started by going like you had one little pretzel thing. Oh, it's all over. <laughs> And you like you like ate the pretzel thin, and then it's like that's it. I'm gonna zip. Have, it's in a Ziploc baggie, so you you zipped it up. Yeah. And then it's like nope, unzip it. <laughs> you had to go back. Hey man, I don't blame you, and I, hey. I take that as the highest compliment. Yeah, I make some absolutely. really good checks mix. Anyway, if you want the secret recipe, all you gotta do is send me a hundred dollars. <laughs> no, no, it's like you take I fight to the death. That's yeah. what it takes. <laughs> no, no you we take don't even the, have it, Ziggy. <laughs> I don't think we did. No, I can get it to you. But okay. it's like, uh, basically, it's you take the number of spices that they tell you, uh, and you like... Quadruple. Oh, oh, no, no, no. It's about 40 <laughs> times. Whatever, whatever it is, it's like, like 40 times. It's really good for you. Yeah. It, no, it's not. It's terrible for you. Uh, and, and, and the funniest thing is, it for the batch that I make, it takes eight sticks of butter. So. Oh, man. <laughs> Wow. Paula Dean would approve. Yes, it, it, it's. We'll just say it sticks with you. Yeah, right? yeah, for life, really. But anyway, so we we talk about digressing. Uh, you know, we're going to go from like this happy topic of fall and uh, checks mix and all that. We're going to yeah, go from let's there. See a segue this. Yeah, this is, there's no segue. To canonizing people for hell. I'm just kidding. No, oh my! Sorry. Oh my goodness! Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> canonizing people for hell. I'm joking. You know what? That's a ni- but that's a nice uh, that's a nice segue. <laughs> I'm not stopping. That one's going in the show. <laughs> Sam, Sam thinks that I'm going to edit that out. Oh, no, no. Canonizing yeah. people. What does he mean by that? Should we turn, turn no. that down, the volume? I just did. Okay. I just I just lowered his volume because uh, he got really <laughs> got excited. He got very excitable. And so before people, y'all don't turn, tune out because I think right now people are going like, should I stay on this show? Because I don't, I just, it's terrible. What are they doing? What are they talking just about? Stick with us, First, man. it's checks makes an hour canonizing people for hell. Or, what is or, that or, or doing the opposite. We're not canonizing people for hell. And the church has never canonized well, people. But there are people who are Catholic who do try to canonize people for hell. And, cool. yeah, and okay. that's a problem. So, well, yeah, that's where we're going to go today. And again, I don't want to, and I don't want to judge the judges, but there are people out there that have a problematic way of viewing things. And, and I, I guess, let me just set it up this way. <laughs> we got two things going on here. Right. One is, uh, fall always means we're getting into um, like a certain political season. That's usually when the, the, there's there's always elections in in October and November. Local elections in October is usually, uh, and then November is like the is when we have the uh, the, the federal elections typically. Uh, and we're I, I think you'd have to be 
uh, I don't know, uh, in a sort of vegetative state, not to know that we're getting ready, inter- we're entering into a political season uh, for the for the president of the United States, and even though we're not, we haven't even gotten close to casting the first, you know, ballot of any kind. We're already seeing in all of the debates. We're seeing all of the stuff that's going on. Typically, people holding hands, singing "Kumbaya" together, right? Yeah, yeah there's that's, that's how our politics plays out normally in our yes, country. Yes, yeah. Well, that, that beautiful. I detect, I detect sarcasm. <laughs> sarcasm alert. Right. And, and so the thing is, at the end of the day, it's I'm not looking forward to that. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm just not looking forward to it. Uh, I think it's very important that we participate in the election process. If we we, we exercise our a civic duty, and we and the the bishops are clear on this, and and we're supposed to be participating. But I have to tell you, it's it's so hard sometimes to to uh, to try to be educated on the topics because you've got to watch and listen and pay attention to all of the garbage that goes on. So there's that thing. Yeah. And then also um, there is this other thing, Sam, that you're involved in. You have lots of weird friends on the internet. <laughs> They're faithful friends who love I, God very much. Who thank are, you for standing up for yes, them. Right? Who, who sometimes have complicated ideas. Yes. Well, and, and, and again, it's it's really not. It's not. I'm joking when I say weird. Sounds like friends. a politician, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> well, well played, Sam. Thanks. So, and the reality is, though, you have lots of interchanges with people, and you're yeah. on your your you know moderator on this particular uh, uh, board or, or whatever, and and you know you you um, you interact with a lot of people uh, uh, in on social media, right? And so you uh, just sent me a, 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 like some screenshots of some text conversation you've been having and it's yes. like first of all i'm amazed that you have time to type that much uh <laughs> and second of all it's like that you have the uh the iron constitution uh to be able to withstand and have these conversations that are like really challenging and and this one particular conversation was about a, a, a death of a of a a recent um a recent death of some you know our politicians are getting older and older right yeah i think uh right now the oldest person in congress is like 183 years old i'm pretty sure <laughs> uh and and so there's death is a natural process and you know one of the things we do in politics is we demonize the other side. We, yeah. It's just, it is so hard not to. And trust me, I'm drawn into that sometimes. I'm tempted and, and drawn into that, and that's something I always have to repent of and, and try to avoid, is, is doing that. It's, it's so easy to fall into that trap. And so you're mentioning that you've got like good, faithful Catholic people. Now, I'm saying that with quotes, air quotes, scare quotes, or whatever around it, because we, we, we want to say someone's a good Catholic because they go to Mass every Sunday and they're, they believe the, the teachings of the church, et cetera. But, but all of us should have air quotes around the word good when we say, I'm a good Catholic. Right. Because we don't always make the right choices. And so there are some challenging ones that you were showing me where people were talking about, and they actually used the phrase uh, canonizing someone from for hell. Well, that, well that, so it became a conversation because that's what, effectively what people were doing. There were some people were celebrating um, the death the, of the, that person, the because, death of that person, right? Yeah. Because they, they had views that are very contrary, yeah, to Catholic teaching. And so it, usually right. pro-abortion, right, uh, things like that. And and these people were taking steps that the church in her 2,000-year history has never done, which would include canonizing people for hell, saying, well, I know that this person is in hell. What do you mean by hell. that? First of all, okay. Well, basically saying, I know that this person is in hell, 
and based like, on their actions, based yeah, on their views, on their based life, on what they, yeah. yeah. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. And, 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 and listen, okay. So first of all, so I, I stepped in, uh, and I started responding and, and somebody, uh, the, the place where I really started responding is, uh, I, cause I wasn't the only person who spoke up. And and express like this. Uh, this is sounding kind of concerning, guys. It's like you, know? you, you, you want to go. Whoa! You yeah, just, yeah, there, yeah. there was a line. There was a line, and then yeah. they, they they sort of gleefully stepped over it yeah. with both feet. And, and so uh, somebody else had spoken up to say, "Hold on, hold hold your horses." And uh, you know, and, and one of the people stepped in and said, "Well." Uh, Look at the Old Testament. There's all sorts of these examples of people who are celebrating the death of our enemies. All right. You know, and, and so, uh, you know, so I responded to that and saying, what came to mind was Ephesians 6, you know, from uh, St. Paul. Our battle is not with flesh and blood, but with the powers and principalities of hell. And so I said that, you know, as for these passages that are emphatically celebrating the destruction of one's enemies, I think it's best for us to read those passages through that lens provided by St. Paul. No one likes a know-it-all moderator. <laughs> nobody, nobody likes that, Sam. Well, and so this person responded saying, mm. well, you know, isn't uh, the Feast of Our Lady of Victory set on the day of the Battle of Lepanto? You know, the spiritual battle plays out in the temporal world. And I really agree. I, I really disagree uh, with, with these attempts to minimize, you know, the material victories and in, in, in the, in the material fight, right? And so um, this ended up being, I think, a very helpful exchange, you know, and, and, and so I'm just going to lay out some of the things that I said in response, and I said, because it is true that war happens, that we, that there, you know, yeah. there's just war theory that's as old as St. Augustine, but if you look at St. Augustine, peace is the rule. Peace is the default mode. I mean, St. Augustine even says, like, we all seek peace, we just seek peace on our own terms, right? But, like, war is the exception. And it was our Lord himself who said, love your enemies, blessed be the peacemakers, and that that's supposed to be our primary mode of witness. And so, I, I told them I would restate, you know, what I said earlier in saying that Ephesians 6 should be the primary uh, it shouldn't be the only way to read those texts, but it should be the primary lens by which we, we should read those passages. And that, yeah, there's times when war is uh, is just and is the answer, but that ex- but the exception proves the rule. Yeah. Okay. So we're we're starting to get into the details of your conversation, sure, sure. and yeah. I, that, to me, the most important thing that we need to kind of stay focused on in my my mind, because I think this is the biggest challenge that most of us have. Yeah. Because most of us are not having theological arguments. Like right. with other people and, and and saying like, well, you know, as Thomas Aquinas pointed out, you know, in going through all these different oh, sure. levels yeah, yeah, of yeah. argumentation, and most of us are, we fall in the trap of going, I hate that side of the aisle. I right. hate those people because they say this, and therefore, I am celebrating the fact that they are no longer here to uh, to be purveyors of whatever evil it is that, that we perceive them to be purveyors of. Um, and it's really easy for us, basically, to con- we are we are essentially condemning somebody to hell. Number one, right? We're, we're putting somebody in hell. Yeah. Right. We, we become the judge and the jury. We become we we we're the ones giving the sentence. Right. Now, I want to also be clear that someone who lives a life celebrating something that is as vile and heinous and evil as abortion is, right? There are eternal consequences. For those actions, but I am not the one to levy them, right? I'm not the one. And I, I don't know that at the last minute before death they repented 
and they had an opportunity. A priest had come in and and they said, you know, I've been doing this for however many years, and I should not have done this, and I I realize that now, and whatever. The, the, that's a deathbed conversion. Is mm-hmm. that possible? Yes. And so who am I to say that person's in hell? I still want to avoid those actions. I, I don't want to vote for that person. I even want to speak out about the evils that that person is purveying. But the reality is I can't damn that person. Well, and, and also, I mean, building on well, what also, you're but saying. Also, you're oh, yeah. participating in that evil, too, when you do that. Right. When right. you well, damn that person. You become guilty of right. the same thing. Right. Right. And, and a lot of people go like, wait, are you saying that – pro-abortion politicians are going to heaven it's like i'm not saying that right but i'm not saying that they're going to hell because it's not my job to say that what i am saying is what they're talking about is evil if you're talking about abortion we're using that as an example because that's a that's a ready example that we have in politics right now abortion is as, as Roe v. Wade's been overturned, we did yeah. a show on this. It's You're been making overturned. it about the subject and not the individual. Well, exactly right. And, like, I, I, you know, when I'm talking to an individual that I know is of a, 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 a political persuasion that is falling into the, the, the evils of abortion mm-hmm. and, uh, and promoting it and, and encouraging it and voting for it and making it happen and essentially being part and parcel to killing babies – yeah, when I'm talking to that person, I'm going to tell them, right. like, this is heinous, and it's evil, and it's bad. This is a life. We must protect it. Um, and then for those to further to be, uh, like, profess to be Catholic, yeah. right? That's a problem, and I, and I recognize that. And I am not endorsing or saying, like, it's okay to vote for that person and not, you know. What I'm saying is that that is evil, and participation of evil is something we should avoid. But we have to stop short— of saying, uh, oh, I, that person's in hell, and, right. and, and, right. and this is why. Now, what I can say is this action is something that can le- put me in hell. If I do this, I need to understand the, the eternal consequences of my actions. There are eternal judgments. There are eternal uh, consequences that come as a part of my action. But going back to what Sam said, I want to read that. Ephesians, uh, you know, St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians, I want to read that entire um, quote that he's uh, quoting from the, the sixth chapter of Ephesians, and it's a little section called The Battle Against Evil, right? And it says, finally, draw your strength from the Lord and from his mighty power. Put on the armor of God so that you may be able to stand firm against the tactics of the devil. For our struggle is not with flesh and blood, but with the principalities, with the powers, with the world rulers of this present darkness, with the evil spirits in the heavens. And so what you, what, it doesn't say, I mean, I, I'm, read this again. Finally, draw your strength from the Lord and from his mighty power. Put on the armor of God so that you may be able to stand firm against uh, the bad politicians. For our struggle, is, you know, our it struggle. It also sounds like, that. have you seen the film Nefarious? Uh, you know, I have not seen it. It sounds just like and it's, it. And I'm, I'm waiting for the right uh, uh, streaming service where, where I can get like it. It sounds just like it. Because uh, I didn't make it to the theater when that happened. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, it's like it got this. And it's supposed to be an excellent, excellent movie. Uh, and, yeah, so, and, and, you know, thinking about the screw tape letters. And right, exactly. Things like that where, yep. uh, you know, uh, you know, convince people the devil doesn't exist. And right. then he has free reign. And the, and the reality is we'll spend all of our time focusing on on politics, on, on uh, bad uh, clergy. Uh, and, and it's not good to be a bad politician or bad clergy. It's not good. That's a bad thing. And you're participating in evil. But our enemy is not 
the politician. Correct. Our our enemy is Satan, and Satan is alive and well, Mm -hmm. and he's doing his uh, dirty work in this world today. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, Jesus has already been um, victorious over the devil, and we have to we have to know that, and we have to live that way. But the reality is, the only thing the devil can do to Jesus to to God right now is is take innocent souls away from him, Mm -hmm. And, and that's something that. And our, so our, our war is not with politicians. And yet, the devil wants to distract us, and he wants us pointing at each other and making war with one another so that we're distracted from the true enemy. You know, because at the end of the day, even in a just war, you know, uh, yes, there's bad stuff happening in the material war and you're just uh, the material world, and, you, and we're justified to take up arms and deal with this situation and those extreme situations, right? Like my, my friend was pointing out. But... Uh, at the end of the day, even in those extreme situations, it's it's what's happening in the spiritual world and the invisible world that's making what's happening in the in the material world possible, right? And yeah. so, like at the end of the day, like even in an extreme example of like a just war uh, that like the Pope has sanctioned or something like that, like, yeah. you know that uh, even in that extreme, the Pope right now, by the way, just so you know, has, has not, not sanctioned. sanctioned it. <laughs> we want to be clear: <laughs> we're not saying that there's a sanctioned. Holy war out there. Right, right. But I'm saying, but even in some extreme example, you're still, still supposed to love that enemy. You're still supposed to uh, be somebody who recognizes that the true enemy is the devil, right? And to be grounded in that reality. Because if we're not, we get distracted and we say, ah, that's my enemy, as opposed to saying, that's my other self, mm-hmm. right? Then at that point, the devil is able, he, he works his best when he's invisible, when he's hidden in sight, you know what I mean? And so he, you know, like they have that old saying, uh, the best, the big, the, the, the best trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world that he didn't exist. Right. right. And, and he has free reign. Right. right. And, and then I think the other thing regarding hell specifically, like, let's look at this from God's perspective. God loved every human person into existence and he loved them all into existence with the, with the desire for that person to spend eternity with him. Right, and at the end of the day, like one of the things that the church teaches about hell, it's not like the picture of, that's painted in that that sermon that sinners in the hands of the of an angry God, where God is just hurling uh, people into hell and stuff like that. Right. Like, no, um, people who are in hell, they've made these choices, they've brought this upon themselves. You know, uh, they have they end up choosing hell. Like we believe that is a teaching of the church that those who are in hell, they they have. Um, that in the mystery of God, we don't have all the answers regarding that. In the mystery of God, they 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 have had the reality of God and the reality of salvation presented to them, and they have chosen. They've rejected. They've it. rejected it. They've gone against it. So, what does that mean? Like, okay, so on one hand, yes, at the last judgment, the justice of God will be glorified. It is the case that that you know it's not going to. We're not going to be looking and saying. It's unfair as a matter of justice that these people are in hell and these people are in heaven, et cetera, et cetera. But it's still, from God's perspective, he's not looking at that as a victory. Even if his justice is glorified, it's still a lamentable tragedy. It's heartbreaking. It's sad. that Because that is not why he loved that person's soul into existence. So think about your – this is where the challenge is. Think about the uh, – we'll just stay with politics. Think about the political – uh, enemy that you have uh, the whoever's on the other side yeah. right or the politician think about the worst politician I, mean, I want you to picture that politician in your mind right now um, and 
And the thing is, you have to stop and think about that particular uh, politician and realize that God, you know, God's house has many rooms and God actually made a room in heaven for that politician, that horrible, horrible, horrible person. Right. So no matter how bad you think they are, God wants them in heaven. You think he uses a cellar? Uh, well, you know, I'll, I'll be lucky if I'm in the I'm cellar. Picturing this dude is right now. <laughs> but here's the, but here's the thing: when you but when you see that, you have to realize that that person was made in the image and likeness of God, that God intended and intends for that person to live with Him in heaven forever. That's the goal. That's what God wants. That's what God desires at the creation of each one of our souls. Sadly, as you point out, Sam, we we choose the other uh, the other path uh, far too often perhaps. And, and and the thing is, it's not our place to say that, you know, and and to celebrate when we think that person has died and yeah, can we say that like, well, now that that person's not pushing abortion anymore, there's the potential for an, an increase in 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 babies' lives or or whatever. Yeah, we can say that, but the the reality is the word victory is not one that, you know, you look at some of the greatest military victories, and you usually don't see people, like, uh, on the battlefield after they've just won, like, hooray, and they're all smiling and happy and, 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 and drinking libations. And, I mean, it, they are usually war-torn, mm-hmm. shell-shocked, uh, because they've basically put their last full measure just just barely before death, right, in and some and and many of their close close compatriots have died right right and it's a, it's it so all war is a tragedy but god what does god do he pulls victory out of tragedy right in the same way that the 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 resurrection comes out of the crucifixion and and that's the way uh he in his great mystery has chosen to save us but we don't relish in like the defeat of the person right we, we can we relish in the defeat of evil? Yeah, when we get to that day. Uh, but we have to be very, very mindful of all this that we we don't want to cross that line because once you cross the line, you start looking around going like, man, there's there's no walls, there's no uh, there's no uh, uh, speed limits, there's no there's no like you can very easily fall into the same trap and be as problematic as those. Uh, who you were accusing just prior. Well, and, and if you look at one of the letters of John, he says, how, how can we, you love the God that you don't see if you don't love the brother that you do see? And so, you know, you said, imagine this person, this politician that you just can't stand. You know, arguably from the letter of St. John, that's how much you love God, mm-hmm. right? And, and, and that doesn't mean, you know, ultimately, yes, there, there's reason to have extreme concern about a, a person's actions, especially one who's in political office, who's doing the sort of things that you're describing. But at the same time, I think part, part of it is we need to free ourselves of sort of the emotional engagement of it and to to be rooted in reason and to root, be rooted in goodwill and then trust that, you know, God, he created us to be experiential learners. He created us to, uh, he knew that we would make the mistakes that we would make. And for some people, those mistakes uh, yes, are going to be very terrible uh, and hurtful, but even very terrible, hurtful mistakes can sometimes be used by God to bring about great good, and, including, you know, uh, major repentances. So, yeah. you know, it's not our, our, our places to hope and to pray and to have goodwill. And, and in fact, one time I had a friend, 
he said to me, he's like, man, I got convicted by God big time. He's going through a very messy situation with the mother of his child, and uh, he found himself wishing hell upon her mm. in prayer. And he said that shortly after, he felt God telling him, you need to go to confession. That's my daughter. You know, like, yeah. you're not so, supposed to do this. Right. You know? and, <laughs> and this is where it's hard. Yeah. So, again, when you picture that politician that you can't stand, or, or anybody... Uh, w- whether it's uh, a certain rank of clergy or or, or uh, people that you inter- you encounter, uh, maybe it's when you're driving, mm-hmm. we have to pray for the person. You pray for the person. You pray for them. You ask Jesus to be to be present. Uh, you know, to send the Holy Spirit upon them uh, of conversion, and at the same time, pray for yourself for a continuing conversion, so that you have a perspective. Uh, as, you need to ask God for a holy perspective about things. Um, because the goal is conversion. It's not subversion. It's not like uh, it's not overcoming that person. It's bringing that person over to where to, to the church, to where you are, to Jesus, to a relationship with Jesus. And that's what we have to be careful about. And it's exactly why we get into a lot of trouble when we start playing God. And you might go like, well, I'm not playing God. I, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing the in vitro fertilization. And I'm not, uh, I, you know, I'm not in favor of the death penalty, whatever. The reality is we just have to get all out of the whole judgment business. It's not our place. Do things have eternal consequences? Yes, most assuredly. And when pe- we see people acting in a way contrary to what the church teaches, we pray for them. And we can speak to them and try to convert them. The, the Bible's very... Uh, 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 telling about when you see a brother sinning you go and you tell you 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 try to talk to him right and then you take a friend along right and then you take them to the church uh and you want them to be converted and you know what sometimes when we're busy converting others we find there's conversion in our own hearts and we sometimes realize that that, that we're holding a mirror up to our own self and realize that we too are always in need of conversion so We've got to be thinking positively. We've got to be thinking about this in, in the right way, especially since we're getting ready to enter into a political season that I promise you is probably going to, it's going to be one of the wackiest presidential elections, I think, ever in the history of the United States. And I'm not sure what the country's going to look like uh, on the other end of this. So we need to pray for our country, certainly. But we need to pray for the individuals, pray for the people, pray for the souls uh, that there is conversion Uh, and that there is a love of Jesus. And let's ask the Blessed Mother to be with us in this. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Holy Mary, Mary, Mother of God, God, pray pray for for us sinners, sinners, now and at the hour of our death. death. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send him an email at deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. Visit us on the web at thecatholiccafe.com You can also find us on iTunes or follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe serving up salvation one cup of coffee at a time.